It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What's up, people? This is DJ. Hey, my gente, this is Ish. And, and this, this is season, season two, two of Pero Let Me Tell You. I'm just a boy with love. love. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. So that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is uh, our intro to Pero Let Me Tell You, episode 61. <laughs> okay, so welcome, everybody, to episode 61. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. So we were listening to... We're, the, we're actually watching the Billboard Music the Awards. Sur- the South Korean boy, boy band. band K-pop phenomenon. BTS that is taking the world by storm. Yes, I always get confused. Sometimes I call them BTK <laughs> or B2K. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a whole other it's band. Other band. Other time. BTK other is a serial killer genre. <laughs> There's just a whole lot going on. Um, but anyway, so I mean, I'm sure some of you have, may have heard of him uh, of these guys. Some of you may have not. Um, they had a really big um, performance in the Billboard Awards that aired yes. this week, and. <laughs> With something with, with the human version of the word fetch, Halsey. <laughs> but something that we we kind of all been chuckled on, and we've gotten the consensus of a few people that have listened to the songs, to their songs, is that they're singing in Korean, but somehow it sounds English. I, I, I is it the enunciation? I don't know. Is it, but it sounds English. Now I know that with this song, "Boy with Love," that the one they do feature Halsey. Yeah, yeah, Halsey. There yeah. are some words in the, English. The, the bridge, I think. I think they the say chorus. "my, my, my," yeah. or and I think they do say "boy with love." Yeah. But the rest of it isn't, you know, it's like their other songs are Korean, Korean, <laughs> and and it's and none of them speak English. I think one, one of them speaks one. English. He learned English watching Friends, as one does, and um, so so he knows what a transponder is. That'd be great if he actually grew up thinking that was a real word. <laughs> the real word. Even though Monica says, that's <laughs> not, not even a word. But anyway, we'd love to hear from you guys if you heard their songs. Because they're singing in pure Korean, but it sounds English. <laughs> Sometimes I think it sounds Spanish, too. Yo estoy más confundido carajo. Not joking. Uh, so, how is everybody? 
I hope everybody's doing good. Pero Friday. Pero Friday. For us, it's pero fake Friday. Well, almost Friday. It's almost Friday. It's almost Friday. wetness. Eso mismo. Yeah. Eso mismo. Also, we're like really fresh when we air. Yes. This is like. We're fresh or fresh. Yeah. Well, there <laughs> A little go. shout out to Darwin, Darwin from. Darwin. Que que <laughs> yes, the, this is actually the only time we're going to be, I think, as fresh as in a couple of weeks when we're actually going to be recording live yes. at the Union Beer Store on Southwest A Street. We'll be posting about it when we get a little closer, but basically we're just going to be there. Uh, I think it's we're going to start at 7, mm-hmm. and we're just going to be doing our show, you, me, chatting, but... In a this bar. is as exciting as when Wake Up San Francisco did their show live <laughs> at the from fabulous, fabulous Alibaba Hotel, Hotel and Casino. Casino. Yeah. yeah, this is just this is right up there. <laughs> Whoever caught that reference, God bless you. <laughs> but anyway, when maybe we'll meet Aunt Becky. And Becky has bigger fish to fry now. We're better to hide out than a bar. Um, that's true. That's true. So, um, so hope everybody's great. Uh, episode sixty-one. Yes. Here we are, and um, so today we're going to talk about obviously hot topics, and we have a great interview with Andrew. Um, yes, Andrew, the owner creator of Night Owl Cookies. And if you're here from Miami or South Florida, you uh, we know you know Night Owl Cookies. You've had Night Owl Cookies, and uh, we have a great talk with Andrew. And we made him cry. <laughs> and 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 he has some exciting stuff you know aired and you know and soon everybody no matter where you're at uh you're you gonna... may be able to have some of his great cookies night out cookies or yes. they really are like like crazy insane good which i'm gonna be a little sassy and just put it out there you still owe us cookies andrew there were no cookies at the interview I'm yeah just andrew saying. what's up with that just saying <laughs> i wanted your kit kat chocolate chip cookie thing i dream of it where is it <laughs> anyway bueno Let's get to our hot topic. So this week, let's talk a little bit about the Billboard Awards. Let's do it. Um, The Billboard Awards were this week, and I we we loved the awards because we felt that it it had a great uh, mashup of. It wasn't just new. It wasn't just like new artists. It was like new artists, like kind of middle of the. I don't want to say middle of the road, but more contemporary like Kelly Clarkson and stuff like that mm-hmm. but then you know classics like Madonna and Mariah, Mariah and and Paula. Paula Paula Abdul who at 56 56 years old that woman yeah tossing around on the stage like she's a 20 year old yeah I love her they were throwing her around like a hot potato they were <laughs> she's forever our girl and well and my girl that's true. Mariah got the Icon Award, and she gave a hell of a speech. Yeah, her speech was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Really it was. Do you remember the speech she gave in for the when Billboard gave her the Millennium Award in 1999? I remember her getting it. That over it was the, the whole forget the big skirts, forget the big hair. Yeah, uh, yeah that yeah. that speech that was a yeah. great speech as well. But um, are you into award shows? Um, I think we've kind of had this conversation. I'm more, if I had to pick, I would say I'm more into music award shows mm-hmm. because... Well, yeah, the, music award shows. That's... Because of the performances of it. Right. Um, so you care less about the actual award. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's just like, okay, the Prince of Monaco decided to give you know Gwen Stefani an award this year. Okay, so <laughs> the what? The music awards. Um, to me, it's more about just watching the performances. And, and I love when they do songs that I know in a different way. Right, because I know there are people who are, who are very purist, who are just like, no, if I go to your concert or I watch you on a show, I want to hear the song how I know it and how I want to hear it. And I'm right. like, but that's why I have a CD or a right. streaming or whatever. You know, I want to hear something new, mix it up. Um, I will say, I was, uh, I, I, I want to like Medellin, and it, I just can't remember it long enough to pretend that I can. Yeah, Madonna's, new, uh, Madonna's new song. Um, it's not doing it for me. It's not. Even I, I was thought hoping the perf- a performance. The performance was good, but it's such a 
<laughs> the performance was good. The song was much better live than I thought it would be because I'm like, how is she going to translate but that's a this? low bar. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, but how is she going to translate this song to like a, a performance? performance? Right, right. You know, especially with Maluma, who Maluma right now is like really hot, you yeah. know, and he's a, a, a good commodity to have. You know, at this point in time, I don't want to say that she could do whatever she wants because she can. She can. She, I mean, she can or she can't. She does whatever she wants and she's going to be criticized, but then she's always criticized. As in the Met Gala. Uh, <laughs> she's always going to do whatever she but, wants. But I mean, I, I think that at this point in time, somebody like her who's so established, the fact that she's still releasing new music and the fact that sure. she's still, you know, she's, she's still, not a nostalgia act. She, at all. No, at all. And she doesn't, she hates to be labeled a nostalgia yeah. act. And, and the, the fact that she keeps reinventing herself, that, that says for something. You know, obviously there's going to be people who don't care anymore and there's yeah. going to be people who do. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of hers. I'm a, I've always been a fan of hers. I, I think she's one of the best performers out there. And I, I think I'll, I'll, you and I have talked yeah. about this that I think that her, just what she's done for touring, because I think a lot of people forget that. The modern day, like image of a show, the of, spectacle, the spectacle of a tour, of a musical tour, was created by Madonna with the Blonde Ambition tour. I think a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. That prior you to mean, that, you mean it wasn't Lady Gaga? No, or Beyonce? No. no. That prior to that, when you used to go to a concert, you used to go to the concert. The person would sing, maybe change their outfit once, and that's it. Yeah. But she's the one who did this, like, kind of Broadway meets a rock concert, and then that just changed. What a musical! Hell, what, changed the what a rock concert show. is exactly. <laughs> so I mean, I don't know. Maybe the best, the rest of the album is good, but maybe. But I mean, all I could remember of the song, and I've heard it uh, several times right now, is a one, two, cha cha cha. The rest of the song is like. Mm. So I mean, I'm sure there's people out there who like it, but speaking of things that are unforgettable. So this is actually w- the reason why I brought up the Billboard Awards. <laughs> I don't even know where this is going, but okay. So. I felt I kind of lived blog the Billboard Awards in my you, personal you Instagram, did. You did. which is weird because you, that you used to be all about live blogging yes. award shows. I don't know what happened. Oh, I moved to New York and I didn't have cable, so I couldn't watch okay, the, so that's the what award happened. shows live, and so I couldn't live okay, blog. Okay, but you've been back a few years now. I know, but I, now I, I still don't have cable, so it's <laughs> yeah. But you were watching it live. That's oh, true. anyway, whatever. So I kind of was like live blogging, and I was putting a bunch of stuff on my Instagram stories and whatever. If you know me on social media, especially my personal account, which is pretty much goes who I am and even my personality on our show. I'm like the least confrontational person that you know. <laughs> I I never say things like I hate this or I hate that or Anyway, so Taylor Swift's performance. Oh yeah. Right? I mean, I I didn't see it but so I, you know, again I was on Instagram putting um live, you know, the stories and I recorded a little piece of her performance and I I put something like this is this if beige is your favorite color this is what it would look like and then i put another That's little an insult inst- to beige i put another little instagram story of mariah singing hero right, right, right. right when she sing- hits a high note yeah, yeah um and right when she hits the high note they put taylor swift so instead because of, of course you want to always not show the person performing right especially at like the pinnacle of the, the song right right and i put again i put a little instagram story saying like Okay, great. Mariah hits the high note, and I have to watch Taylor Swift's face, right? 
Okay. And obviously, I had put a bunch of other stories of other people, and you know, again, yeah, I, about Madonna, I'm, about I'm very positive. Paula, I never, Jonas. I never like, even if I don't like something, I won't go out of my way to like be extra negative. And even the Taylor Swift stuff, I thought I was being a little cheeky, a little funny, well, right? Yeah, you were. I was like, you know, Taylor Swift is a bitch, and she's the worst. Right, thing she ever. should die. Right, right. You know, nothing. Well, 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 well. Oh no! I got a little hate on my Instagram from whom? I got DM from two people. Just random people, or people you know? no people who follow me. Oh, okay, okay, right. And both of them unfollowed me because of the way I spoke about Taylor Swift. Because you said she's one of the most boring human beings ever. For the I didn't even the say planet. boring. I said beige, right? Which is yes. boring. <laughs> but but one of them was like, you know, I don't really, I really don't appreciate how you are spewing hate online, especially for somebody who is so real and authentic. And I responded. I actually responded. I go, hey, as you notice with all my other posts, I don't spew hate online. I was trying to be funny and cheeky. I didn't apologize. I wasn't going to apologize. For what? You didn't do anything right? wrong. Uh, I was trying to be you funny and cheeky. Like, it was on. supposed to be. It was supposed to be a joke. But then I kind of started scrolling in his page. I'm like, oh, you're like a major Taylor Swift fanboy. Like he's been to, he dresses like um, whatever tour video she did that she was dressed like a lion tamer with like the red thing and the top hat. Like he dresses. Are you sure he's not confusing Britney? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, you know, a good performer? He's like a major, major like uh, Taylor Swift fan. So the point of the conversation is not even Taylor Swift. The point of the conversation <laughs> is that. Here, here it is, which, you know, this alludes to things you and I have spoken about right. before, the bigger picture. Right. Here it is. I put something a little cheeky. On again, your page. On my page. Not I even put, not even the, the podcast page. I put something a little cheeky. Again, it wasn't even that bad. And two people got so outraged that they felt like they needed to contact me. And, and they unfollowed me. And it's like. I think that's wonderful. Which I turned around and unfollowed them right back. I think that's wonderful. You know, and I'm like, coño, like <laughs> me, I'm like the least offensive person there is. You know, that has to do with all that whole, what is it? You know, we live in silos and if like, God forbid, you are not a, what do they call Taylor Swift fans? Swifties? I don't know. Swifters, Swiffers, you know, whatever. Whatever. Whatever the Taylor Swift fan community is. If you don't think she is the best, it's like, do you know how much shit I have gotten throughout the years for liking Mariah Carey? Dude, being a lamb is is like... It's a full-time job. Yeah, it's a full-time job. It really is. I mean, I would hate half of humanity It is. Listen, and I say that as a Britney fan. Yeah. I would would hate half of humanity and half of my family and friends. Right. (laughs) No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, like, are you this person's... You know, do you know this person in real life that you feel this need to defend, you know, a celebrity? And let's let's expand it beyond Taylor, right? right? I don't. If, if I love Britney, I will put as many things about Britney. I love the Spice Girls. If you people comment all the time about like you know, oh she lip syncs, oh blah blah, and it's like, uh huh, okay. And what do you what do you want me to say? You know what I mean? Like, no, she does. No, yeah, she does. Okay, next. You don't care right, for her. But like, the, Move the, on. The, I, I don't make a bigger thing about it than it needs to be. The, like, the bigger thing is... Were these people young or oldish? I, I don't know, but they must have been at least in their mid to late 20s. Okay. At least. But, you know, my, my bigger thing is like, coño, you can't... It, it, you are bothered by following someone. You know, there's so many... Like somebody who follows me on my personal Instagram will see that I post about food, about travel, about me, about the gym. Like there's so many interests that yeah. you could follow me for. I'm also very into um 
like nice photography and having a very curated Instagram page, unlike you. Yep. Uh, mine, mine is like my Instagram page is even color coded. Like I'll post like I'm nowhere near that. I'll post anal. like a block of blue pictures or like pictures that are, are aquatic and the- whatever. Nope. It's like Coño, you are so bothered, so by bothered that. by the fact that I said that Taylor Swift. Is, you know, is beige. is beige that you unfriend you unfollowed me. It's like going, you live in such a, a silo and such an echo chamber that you can be bothered to deal with other humans that maybe don't like Taylor Swift. And I don't even hate Taylor Swift. I have some of her songs. But I, she's just boring. I, I mean, whether she's boring or not, she, I, I don't hate her. I don't hate her. I mean, again, let's go back to Mariah. I love Mariah. A lot of people hate her. They hate, and I feel that Mariah is very polarizing. Yeah, you know, for whatever reason. Uh, again, right? Yomoya Fahad with half of humanity that, like, <laughs> it is what it is. If you don't like her, you don't like her. Like, <sighs> such an exhausting battle. Listen, I don't want to think back to 2007. <laughs> but, but again, I mean, it, it, we're, we're putting it to the confines of singers and celebrities, but it's the bigger picture, which I guess this which, is so much of the political landscape nowadays. It's, it's, it's ripple effect into yeah. everything else where it's like, oh, you don't like what I like? You're a horrible human being and I don't need to be around you. Right. But what if we like 14 other things? Right. <laughs> to the, right. the same. That's like I've mentioned it here on the podcast. You know, me, that I'm a liberal. I've always considered right. myself a liberal. I've always identified with kind of a liberal agenda. Yeah, you know, if there is one thing in the liberal agenda that I maybe don't agree with, it's like, oh, you are a you know, conservative, you're closed minded. It's like, no, dear, I'm not closed minded. I actually, I'm minded. <laughs> I, I think for myself. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's, oh, that's, that's a new one, people. Minded. I, I'm minded. I'm minded. That's, that's equivalent to being whelmed. Exactly. You right? read my mind. Right. Yes, exactly. Actually, you know what? Let's tell our <laughs> listeners that because I think our listeners will enjoy that. Dale. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh. That, that you came up with the term with whelmed. Well, see, okay, here's the thing. So I one day I was just like, you know, you can be overwhelmed and you can be underwhelmed, but are you ever just whelmed? <laughs> Since then, on this cartoon, <laughs> Young Justice, the the character of Robin actually says that a lot. He says whelmed. He says that he's that he made the whole, he did that whole thing, and he was just like, you know, oh, you know, what? I'm just whelmed right now, and I'm just like, wow. On some ripple, I'm sure I've affected the the pop culture landscape with one of my favorite characters. So I'm okay. But I remember when you said that, I was like, oh my God. OMG, I had never thought about that. Like it's just one of those things where it's like you never see anybody. You, you know like, which one else so you said? Today. You know which one else you said? Well, I remember when you said this. You remember more than I do, and I say them. You said, okay, you, you could be nonchalant. But are you ever just chalant? Yeah, I've never heard anybody be like, Oh, I'm so chalant. I'm so chalant today. <laughs> like people are, yeah. It's like, oh, uh, you know, just I'm just just be nonchalant. It's like, so are we being chalant now that we're being wordy? You know, we're talking a lot. I don't even know what chalant is because nonchalant is like you know when be you're casual, kinda, right? Yeah, you're not. You're reserved, and you know, maybe I don't know. We're being chalant. We're right being now. chalant right now. We're being chalant because we're whelmed. We're whelmed. We're whelmed, and so we're being we're whelmed. Minded people. We are. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. That's what we are. But <laughs> yeah, but I bet two other Comemiedas don't have a podcast. So anyway, people like us. Speaking okay. of social media. Oh, uh, okay. So I want to talk about something very, very controversial. And to our listeners out there, dog filters and actual dogs. No. Okay. Just and to our listeners out there who are driving, because we know from our feedback that a lot of you listen to us <laughs> no, I have on your morning commute. Thank you very much. We love you. Hold on to your steering oh, wheel no. because this is like you know groundbreaking news. Well, if you're in traffic, you're not going. So anywhere. Facebook, obviously, which owns Instagram, right. 
is testing out in parts of Canada. Okay. A version of a beta version of Instagram okay. where view you know viewers on Instagram mm-hmm. will say the people that follow you will not be able to see the amount of likes your picture has. You will be able to see how many likes your picture has, but the public won't see how many likes your picture has. So, you so it's kind of going to be like Instagram stories. You know, when you right, I can see how many people have viewed I it. Have viewed it, but, but you can't. But I can't. Okay. So it could be kind of similar. Obviously, the reason um, I was going to say why why are so they mental health? They have found they've gotten a lot of studies that there has been a lot of you know depression and mental health issues with social media in general, and they but, found well th- these are the reasons. No, no, so. no, but when you say mental health, I, I'm trying to understand because people will see that your picture has more likes than their picture. Right, there's okay. people who like their day is ruined or made great because of the amount of likes they have, especially teenagers. They have there have been a lot of uh, mental health specialists, whether mm-hmm. it be psychologists, therapists. Uh, who've weighed in and have talked about the effects of social media on on, on teenagers and on everyone. Mm-hmm. And they found that this, I mean, there's many aspects, obviously, the content that you put your pictures of your perfect life with your perfect children on your perfect vacations or oh these people that are, in, you know, oh they're in this party, no, they're wait. in that party, no, they're in this event. That. I have to say something. No, nunca. There's this person that I follow. I actually know him. Didn't follow him for a while because his feed got really annoying, and I'm following him again because I was like, "What is this person up to?" Um, and he's done. He's doing this like 90 day no alcohol challenge thing, mm-hmm. and part of the whole thing with with the 90 day he, every day he posts like you know x amount of days without x out of 90 days no liquor blah blah. I'm looking to look at how great I look and blah blah. But he keeps saying that like you know oh because of all the money I'm saving by not going to happy hours and blah, blah, I'm able to travel to like, you know, these four or five different places. And all I can think of is like, listen, I don't think it's about a 90 day challenge. I Were think you having if, blue label every day? Well, I think if you're having that much that you can afford to take these trips because you're no longer going to happy hour, you may actually want to go see a support group because you may be an alcoholic. I think it's bigger than just a 90 day challenge. Yeah. Like, but it's, okay. I just wanted to bring that up because it's been, it's been on my, it's been, it's been on my chest, and I just wanted to bring it up. And again, he's one of these people who I don't. Well, actually, me and another friend have a theory about what he does for a living. Uh, there's some it's something funny because I follow someone and somebody who I follow and they follow me and they've never given me a single like and I've never given them a single like and it's so somebody, why are you following it's somebody them? who's associated with someone in my past and okay. this person like is constantly traveling and I'm like esta persona trabaja. Constantly traveling, going to like you know expensive resorts because they don't put you know on the location. Right. Oh, I'm staying at the Four Seasons, you in know, the middle Shanghai, of, right? In you the know, law, yeah. Uh, you know, I bet you they're not staying at the Best Western, right? <laughs> I bet you they wouldn't put it in their little location, right? And you know, putting all these exotic things. We would totally stay at the Best Western. And I'm by like, the way. because you you know, I know how much I'm a professional and i know how much i think cost and i and know how much other people yeah. that like are in law certain make, professions and yeah. we can't afford that lifestyle so i i, 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 I or or you're a trust fund baby you come from a family of money um but anyway back to the whole like thing so so yeah i what do you think about that does that do you, do you does it affect you personally mm. do you think that they should or shouldn't it doesn't affect me personally i mean i get i again i don't have children i mean i have nephews but it's it's not the same when you know you don't see them day in day out so i can't speak to how those types of things may or may not be affecting kids i like my knee-jerk reaction honestly when you were telling me about it was kind of just like to kind of say like suck it up buttercup you know what i mean because it's like 
if you're living your life based on my picture doesn't have as many likes as your picture, I mean, you've got bigger problems than than Instagram. You know what I mean? Like, you, you shouldn't live your life for other people. And I know that there's some studies that are coming out that, oh, but let's become more connected and blah, 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 blah. You know, that's more and more the case. But... I mean, do I enjoy when... See, that's the thing is I also don't compare my pictures to other people's pictures. Mm-hmm. I just look at how many likes my picture got because I'm a little self-centered that way. Um, well, but but then... but then Which you can still see. So it doesn't, right, but, but then, it doesn't but, matter. But then you still fall on it because the whole point of this... Well, it's a dopamine thing. Well, exactly. Absolutely. But, but exactly. I love when I post you know, a picture, you post a picture and I get people You post like a picture it. and you got 100 likes. You're like, awesome. That's a great or you, picture. Or you right. post a picture that maybe you think is a good picture and you post it and, you know... An hour has passed. Yeah, but have, I mean, but I don't dwell in it. Is what I'm what I'm getting at. Well, but I mean, maybe you don't, but a lot of people do, and and I think that's where they're going on. That we live in this society now, where it's based on likes. There's people who've built careers on the amount of likes they influencers. get. Influencers on influencers. That's all. Influencers you know what's funny? Are about. I don't follow a single influencer on Instagram. Not one. I think I follow a couple. I don't even follow that many celebrities. I follow a couple of influencers, but not because they're well. Okay, let's let's be very clear. Okay, there's a difference between there's a difference between the people that we follow through the podcast and the people that we follow. No, no, right, right, individually. I'm, um, talking, I'm talking here about yeah, 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 individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Po- I mean, I follow some celebrities, but celebrities that I like love. Like I follow Jerry Halliwell, okay. which is my favorite. Spice I'm going to tell I mean, you the celebrities, the celebrities that I follow is so weird. Like I actually love it. So I follow. Hold on. I follow Mariah, of course. I follow The Rock. I okay. follow The Spice Girls. Okay. I follow Gina Torres and Mandy Moore. Those are the celebrities that I follow. <laughs> the Rock, Mariah Carey, I'm going to write a Torres, screenplay that the, calls for all those people to be the together. The Spice Girls and Mandy Moore. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make this happen. You know what? We're gonna, that's, Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard the cast of our reboot of It's a Living. <laughs> okay. Do you want a more like... <laughs> Like, that's random as hell. Random, that's the random rock, as hell. Mariah Carey. <laughs> the Spice Girls. Mandy Moore and Gina Torres. That's, that's, I'm going to use the word random because there's no other word for it in the English language. I don't follow a single influencer because to me an influencer's account is not authentic. No, fair enough. But I mean, I'll follow. Like, There's this one guy who I, who I follow. Actually, he's from Miami and he's a cosplayer. Um, Mr. Leo Zombie. He's he's a Cuban kid. He lives in LA now, and he does a lot of cosplay, and he's into a lot of like geeky things and stuff like that. He is an influencer because he does do promotion mm-hmm. promotional things for other people. But I follow him because the Th- that interest. one's a little bit more because it's a cosplay thing. I kind of get it, right? But these people who are influencers because they're either pretty or they travel or this and that or I know it's like you're not right. you're not authentic to me. I don't care how attractive you think you are and how good you think you you're not authentic. Your 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 Instagram page is a byproduct. I mean, for the record, we are authentic and we're 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 slightly influencers so please right, but, but we go go to events when we post them right but we have a product we we have something that we are promoting promoting we have a podcast that's so, true so yes our insta you know our podcast instagram is about something that we are promoting do you think that's just an extension though i i've heard a lot of people and i'm i'm guilty of this too i mean i always give myself a pass because i work in advertising but a lot more people are thinking of themselves. And in some respect, I think we always should have as a brand. You're not, you're not going to talk about brand and not bring, bring Lindsay. 
Sorry, I'm late, everybody. I don't think we're a brand. I think that no, no, we... no, 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 no. I mean, people as individuals, as individuals. Well, let, me, let me explain because I, I because you've always, I mean, you've always kind of heard like you always have to make sure you brand like when you go for a job interview, mm-hmm. you know, brand yourself as mm-hmm. what you bring to the table, blah blah blah. Do you think that this is that extension? I'm gonna that I think that as as a podcast. We but are, I'm not talking about the podcast. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain. Okay. As a podcast, we are and we're not a brand. I think that you and I, we have a brand in so far that we have- A, a name and a product. In, a name and a product and a certain expectation and um, personality that we bring to the table. But I think that you and I are the embodiment of a certain culture and a certain amount of people that we are- I don't want to say we're the face of because we're- <laughs> No. But, <laughs> not yet. But, but we are- We represent through our podcast mm-hmm. and who we are- a, gr- a certain group of people, okay, right? No, that's so. Fair. We're a product, and we're not a product because it's not something that we just created. We're just putting the voice through a podcast. Like of, we always say, of, we'd be having these conversations anyway, right? Of you know, people who grew up in Miami or through Latin culture or whatever, mm-hmm. right? That's in terms of our podcast. Mm-hmm. In terms of my a, a personal um, Instagram or a personal social media page, I you know, it's one of those things that. Well, if I'm a product and everybody's a product, then it, I go back, to, which I've said this to mm-hmm. you, about that quote in The Incredibles. If everybody's special, what is it? If everybody's, everybody's special, special, then nobody's special. Nobody's special. Yeah. Because if everybody's going to be a product, yes, I'm a product. I'm a brand. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, if I'm a brand and you're a brand and you're a brand and you're a brand, then we're all brands. We're all just commodities. So then what's the point of being a brand? So then, I mean. Right, but what I was trying to say is do you think that it's it's that initial mentality gone haywire of course it is that's, that, that's what of i was course getting it is. at it, social media all comes down to the quality of your pictures if you're able to put and curate your pictures in in any artistic whether it's artistic or interesting or intriguing way people are going to follow even if you're the most boring and basic person there is taylor swift i mean it, it, it <laughs> just is and that's a, and that's the brand it's like whatever i mean i I don't know. I will say I I I know what you're saying. I don't disagree with you, but I think that there are some people out there who fall under the heading of influencer. I think some are accidental influencers, and we actually know somebody who I think I've described to you as an accidental influencer. I think you know who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. There's it's a brand, it's an influencer, but it's it's organic, right? But I think that if you're an influencer. Where they think of just in terms of our podcast of mm-hmm. all the people that we've interviewed, right? Right, you know whether it be Martha uh, or whether it be Burger Beast or whether it be <laughs> the other Martha, uh, the <laughs> other Martha. Those are people who bring something to the table, who have something to either promote or an angle on something. Right. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm presenting to you. I'm you know I'm gonna talk about burgers. I'm gonna talk about T-shirts. I'm you know. Mm-hmm. They bring something to the table. They're not influencers because, you know, they just woke up one day, opened up a social media account, and started taking pictures of themselves. No, they have something to give. Okay. And, and that that's... So there's levels of influencer is essentially what we're, I, what we're I saying. I don't follow an influencer if... I, I don't follow influencers. In my personal page, I don't follow people that their brand is them. Like, oh, it's me. me right. Here, here but, I am. The, but what I'm getting at is that the, the, the heading of influencer, like... It's just to use the examples, you Burger Beast and Martha—they're considered influencers, right? But they have a product. They have, they have. But that's what I'm saying. Th- there's, there's levels of influence. I don't follow influencers without a product. Okay, okay. Somebody who just exists, right? 
because I see so many people on Instagram that have you know hundreds of thousands of followers, and then I go see them, and I'm like, what do you do? What do you do? What what's your yeah? Why you take sexy pictures? I mean, good oh, for you. Oh, okay, but... that's great. Oh, okay, you're attractive. So am I gonna follow you because you post pictures of you every day uh, that are attractive? I, I mean, that's not why I'm in social media. I, I mean, maybe that's why you are or somebody else, right, but that's right. not why I'm on. But I like I like posting the occasional sexy gym pic of me, you know, with my little nip slips. Yeah, but these are people. That's like you know who's like a major influencer that has over a million followers. Like what Mika Dayano? Yeah, yeah, from Primer Impacto. Her daughter Alexa Dayanos. Check her page out. She has over a million Instagram followers. Her pictures are of her body, so she doesn't do anything. She got completely redone. No, I mean I'm not saying something that's not true, right. and I'm not I'm not spewing hate. I mean, it, this is not something I think that's really. You know, it's just it's factual. It she, is what it she's is. She's in this Kim Kardashian product area. Se llama? Alexa Dayanos. I'm looking it up right now. Listen. You know, all her pictures of her in her in her bikini or her in lingerie. Um, you know, uh, of her at you know her butt, her boobs. You know, in a pool in an exotic location in Asia in the Four Seasons. You know, whatever on a, in, driving a Maserati. That is what she's. You know. Yeah, you're right. Right. I'm not gonna follow her. It's I'm, literally. It's, I, I'm, I'm not it, gonna follow her. I don't care how hot or how hot or on hot you are. I'm not gonna follow somebody my who's. God, these knockers are huge. I'm not gonna follow somebody whose Instagram is about them and them only, and they're you know and and them. I, I don't I don't find that interesting. I don't find that interesting, and therefore I'm not gonna follow it. But that's me. I'm literally like a good 15 pictures deep, listeners, and so far I've yet to see anything but this girl's tits. Yeah. But like her, I mean, I'm talking about her in specific, but like her, there's thousands and thousands or millions of profiles. I don't find that. And she's would she would be considered an influencer. I don't follow people like that. That's not I don't find that interesting whatsoever. She looks nothing like her mother. Bueno, pero también, you know. No, no, por eso, pero a eso voy. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, when you, <laughs> you look like your parents when you're natural. <laughs> There's just too much ass in these pictures. She's a pretty girl. I mean, she's a pretty girl, but it's like, okay. I yeah, mean, but she's she's that that social media pretty. Yeah. So I good for her. You know, this reminds me of. Oh, look, a picture of her with somebody else. Um, you know, this reminds me of, and um, there's a show called Black Mirror, which if you guys love that show, have not watched Black Mirror, I beg you to watch. Black Mirror. The one with Bryce Dallas Howard? Yes. It's called Nosedive. Yes. Okay, I'm I'm serious, you guys. You need to watch this episode. It's it's kind of funny, but sc- kind of funny, scary. Well, because it's comedic. It's actually it was written by Rashida Jones. Yeah. Um, think, really? She wrote yeah, that episode? She wrote that episode. She may have directed it too. It's kind of like dark it. comedy. It's, yeah. It, well, and basically it's a society where you think of your credit score uh-huh. based on your social media on your social media essentially right. that's what it is right but your but that accounts for all commodities whether right. it's getting a cab or what what whether space you, in line you are at the supermarket exactly. or where you sit on a plane or you know everything. all that everything. everything is based on the number of likes that you have but you know that uh, is it china that is has started yes uh, yes i don't know if it's a beta program or something similar to that where it's basically like Based on social media, I don't want to say based on social media likes, but I guess for lack of a better way of putting it, it like if people see you littering, they can give you like a negative yes. star, yes, and then it affects something, you know, like your like again, like your credit score, right? That's 
crazy to that's me. crazy that's crazy that's crazy that's why i would love to see if instagram really does take off the likes of people what so many of these influencers or you know people but they'll they still be able do. to see it but they'll still be able to see it yes the back end yes no me though but what <laughs> see you don't have the mentality i i uh, guess i care that i got a thousand pictures on my like but what i care even more is that you know that i got a thousand pictures on my like that's the point of it, right? I guess. I mean, again, that's my point. Is like I don't. I guess I don't. Think I know that you way. don't may not care, but I don't. You may not think that way, way yeah. but that's how most people that are into this think. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a thousand likes, right? But I want everybody to see that I got a thousand likes, oh. right? Or that I have, you know, thousands of followers. You know, whatever. So, that's I. Fair. Whatever. Anyway, wait. Okay, can we switch topic? Let's stay social media ish. Okay, but, because but, there's something else I want to bring up. Demon. But but in a in a fun way. Uh, I am not going to lie. Mm-hmm. I am kind of extremely jealous right now with you. Because over the weekend, you got to meet the king and queen of Cuban-American everything. Yes, I met <laughs> I met Emilio and Gloria Stefan. I am super jealous. And, that, and, and you know what? I'm happy for you. And I'm happy for you because, you know, obviously you met them. You posted it for the podcast. It helped us out, whatever. But the, the one day we don't ad- attend an the event. The one day that we were not in sync. This is what happens when I take a day off. <laughs> and you know what? I feel that in it, it would, that's something that would happen to you, right? You would be the one to meet the big people. And then I'd be like. Because I'd be the one who's like, I'm going to go to this event. I'll take pictures for the podcast. And then, you know, yeah. whatever. And, but I did. And they were lovely. And um, I. When we started this podcast, there were a list of people that would be our dream guests, and we've already had one, That's which true. was Gloria Calderon. Yeah, yeah. And although Sonia Manzano is, she wasn't on there, but, but she, she got on. She she, got, she made the she, list. Yeah, yeah she's yeah, the yeah, list. Yeah. But my number one is Gloria and Emilio Estefan. One of them or both of them, yeah. and we got a step closer. Yes, yes, we're a little step closer. <laughs> I wanted to give her, but let me tell you, sticker for them to say, but let me tell you, but it, it was it was a madhouse, chaotic. I'm sure, but I'm sure. but that's my dream. So if Gloria and Emilio are listening to this, or, any or if people, someone who knows them, um, you know, open invitation. It, it will be our dream to have you on the show. Because listen, you, we will go to do the interview wherever they want. As I've said before, <laughs> I think that they are the embodiment of the American dream. I will I will go one step further. And if we ever interview them, I will definitely, one or both, I will probably bring it up. Nah, I will definitely bring it up. They are, in a very weird way, sort of, if not necessarily tied, but sort of attached to the creation of this podcast in a way. Yeah, I see that. Mm-hmm. No, because they're so in deep rooted. That, but that's not where I'm going with this. Where are you going? The germ of this podcast happened on my move back from New York. Mm-hmm. And what was the what was the last thing we did before we drove back down? Oh, we saw get on your feet. We saw in previews. We saw on your feet in previews. That was yep. the last thing we saw, and so they are. Oh well, there we go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So. So moving, on, I just wanted to bring it up on. before we get into our interview. I wanted to talk, uh, mix it up a little bit here on something a little bit more controversial. Oh no! And I wanted to get your thought on it, and um, you know, maybe our listeners have some thoughts on it too. Did you hear the whole debacle this week over the uh, "God Bless America" no. anthem? Okay, so the "God Bless America." Right. So, uh, well, now that you are into the baseball world because of work, you know it's that true. in the seventh <laughs> inning stretch of every baseball game. They play. Take um, me out to the ball game. They take take me out to the ball right. game. But many times they'll sing "God Bless America" as well. Oh, I've never been to one that does that. They'll either do it. Well, they'll either do it in the seventh and east stretch or at the beginning before the national anthem. Okay, right? that I've seen. Yes, right. So, 
In Yankee Stadium, mm-hmm. they have played since 19... 19- For a while now. Okay. They have played <laughs> the the live version of from sang by Kate Smith from the 70s. It was a recording that a live version that she did in okay. the 70s of God Bless America. Okay. And it's been again, it's been played at Yankee Stadium for this is decades. Not something they just started. Right, this for is, decades. Okay. And I think it's also been used in other venues as well. Okay. So it's it's kind of like the barometer, the, like the standard okay. in terms of the song. So huh. this week, um Yankee Stadium stopped playing the song. Okay. And there was another venue. I can't remember the venue, but there was another venue that had a statue of her. um, Kate Smith? Yes, of Kate Smith in the front, another sports venue, and they covered the statue. She's not Mussolini. So the reason they did this is because they found that in the 1930s, 1931, Mm -hmm. she recorded a couple of songs that would be deemed now very offensive and very racist. Mm -hmm. So... When I read this, what I was like, the, what are, I mean, okay, so I'm getting there. Okay. So when I read this, I was like, okay, so she sang the song in the 1970s. She The song is still being used. She's kind of like the standard for the song. Mm-hmm. She did a song in the 1930s that could be seen deemed offensive. Obviously, I knew right away it was going to be something racial that could be seen but offensive. But like legit seem offensive? Right, right. Or like so, maybe so it's called like, outside okay, offensive? Right. No, no, I knew it was. I knew it was going to be racial, okay, right? Okay. So I'm like, okay, let me let me do a little bit of research and see what what this song was about. So, in 1931, hmm. she recorded a song called. <laughs> this is terrible. She recorded a song called "That's Why the Darkies Were Born." Oh no! The song was written by Ray Henderson and Lou Brown. She did not write the song, but she did sing the song. Okay. The lyrics. Or some of the lyrics of the song are as follows. I'm bracing myself. Dale. Quote. Someone had to pick the cotton. Someone had to pick the corn. Someone had to be a slave and able to sing. That's why the darkies were born. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. 
Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. So. And she did another song. Are you kidding me with this? No, I'm not. And she did another song also. The Is this what Piccany, passed for adult Piccany contemporary? High Heaven. Um, Piccany Heaven, which was, again, about that. Yeah. So. So here's my question to you and the topic of conversation. I don't even know. <laughs> so should a song or a performer, because obviously this is not about the song God Bless America. So should her performance be banned or Should removed? we cancel Kate Smith? Should we cancel? Should we let's, cancel let's have Kate it in, Smith? in 2019 yeah. terms. Yeah. Should we cancel? Is Kate Smith canceled? canceled. Well, she, actually, she is canceled. So the she question is, is, should we cancel Kate Smith? Go. This go- <laughs> oh, but you do love to put these tough ones. Um, I think this this is we've talked about this several times. You know, it's it's separate the artist from the music. It's you know, can you like the R. Kelly song and acknowledge the reprehensible things that he's done? Um, with this one, I think it's a little weirder. And again, I don't even know how to begin to talk about this without sounding like I'm being a, an apologist for racism in the '30s. Racism has never been a good thing, but I think in terms of social acceptability, 2019 is much different than 1930, whatever. She didn't write the song. I mean, sure, she sang it. Now, I will also go in and say... But let's also look at the time. No, 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 but knowing what we know about the record industry as a whole, how much choice did she maybe even have about what she got to sing? I'm just saying, like, I mean, we've all seen the TLC story. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, there's just a. I, I, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt only because so she's a teenager, and the record company said, "Hey, hey, um, hey, come on, say, hey, yeah, Kate, hey, Kate, hey, you got to sing this, this racist, this ass, racist song ass song. Yeah. It's part of your contract." Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, maybe it was Tommy Matola's great grandfather. We don't know. God, only you would say that. <laughs> um, again, I'm not being apolog- I'm not being an apologist for the for the song. The song is a horrible, horrible song. But I just think that, like you know. If her version is so beautiful, it's considered so beautiful, then, I mean, just, I guess you can play it. It's not like she ends it by saying, you know, except for the darkies. I've said before here that, you know, you have to know history in order to understand certain things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, for example, the whole thing with the monuments being removed, Mm -hmm. uh, the Confederate monuments. Doesn't change history. It doesn't change history. I believe they should be removed. I believe that they should be in a museum. Make a museum of those monuments. Mira, in many countries that were in the Soviet Union, mm-hmm. you know, because so you know the the communist Soviet Soviet Union, they're they're all about monuments and yeah, yeah. statues. Yeah. You know, some of them are major works of art. They removed them in from uh, public squares, uh, and from public like squares, right. and they made a park and right. put them. And you know, the park is a living museum. I think they should do something like that. I think some of these statues are beautiful works of art. I don't think they should be destroyed. And that it's is history. That is part of our history. Nobody's putting that away. I think they should go to a museum. That's also kind of like when you say, well, you know, George Washington was a slave owner. Well, it's true. That may be true that our founding fathers, some of them were slave owners. And it's not a defense, but they were men of their time. And something that we have to reconcile, which I've said this before, and it's funny because I... I see myself as a teacher in in high school explaining this to kids taking American history. 
Something that as Americans we have to reconcile is that as beautiful as American history is painted to us that, oh, the, you know, people from England were or Europe persecuted. were persecuted and they were coming here for religious freedom and the pilgrims came and they landed in Plymouth Rock because they were searching for, you know, religious freedom and they will not be, you know, ruled by a monarch. All that, all that prettiness, the colonists, that then we got our independence. That's the very pretty version of American I history. Even, I wouldn't even say it's the pretty version. I would say that that's the introductory version, because you can't teach a five six year old that that's true. But no, but you take American history in high school, right? right. But and most it, people, let's be real, most people stop paying attention, right? But that's not a, an excuse. A that's point. not an excuse. I didn't say it was an excuse. It, it, I'm just saying. I, I think that when you teach American history, whether it be in high school, in, in elementary school, middle school, or in high school, I think you must teach American history with the obvious mortal ca catastrophic flaw that the United States was born with, which was mm -hmm. slavery. You have to acknowledge that we, as pretty as we want our history to be, that, you know, we fought for There's what was right. Of course. You know, among many things, the worst was that we were born with slavery. That was a fatal birth defect. So that's why when you understand that and then you see our founding fathers, you say, okay, these were men of their times, as despicable as that is now. Yeah, you can't retroactively. My problem with this song is that this song happened, you know, 1931. So is that on Jim Crow? No. That was in the midst of Jim Crow. Okay. So that song happened well after the Civil War, well after slavery was outlawed. Right. Well after the Emancipation Proclamation, well after that. We're talking about 70 plus years. Mm -hmm. So I am of the opinion, I mean, this is what I think about this, mm -hmm. this issue, that in the 1930s, even though we were in the height of Jim Crow, which was an awful time in, in the mm -hmm. United States, um, that still was, I think, inappropriate for that time. I want to it, agree I, I, with you. I just don't know. I mean, I wasn't there. I, so I, I, I don't... still think it was because slavery was not legal. So singing a song about glamorizing slavery or being cute about slavery, what, I mean, first of all, that should have never been cute. But yeah. secondly, it certainly should have not been cute in 1931 because, again, the Civil War is something that had been long and gone at that point, yeah, even though we were struggling with a lot of other things. That's what I was going to say because it's, it's not like Civil War happened and then it was just like, well, we're all good. Right. No, no. <laughs> we're, so, we're still not I'm there. actually watching right now um, a documentary on PBS. It's a, like a four or five part documentary called The Reconstruction Era. Oh. Which is post-Civil War because The Reconstruction Era is currently, it's considered one of the most confusing times of American history. Most people have it wrong. And it's very interesting because right after the Civil War, a lot of blacks started to get power in terms of... Um, being landowners, yes, getting yeah. money, uh, being part business of the, people, right. business people, being elected officials, going to Congress. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until like several years later that they started really enacting Jim Crow to that they that started away. taking those rights away. Yeah. And and it's like, wow, you know, <laughs> after going through the Civil War. Um, so I think that in the context of 1931, I think those things were inappropriate. Whether or not they should be she they should have her song removed. You look, that's something this is not a uh like baby it's cold outside that right, 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 right. it's a little bit inappropriate, you know, it's it changes but with the, the time, it's a different time. Right, right, right. I mean, you're talking about something like slavery. So I think I I'm 
I don't have a problem that they removed it. I, I, I don't. There's other versions of the song. Now, should the woman be crucified and, you know, dragged through the mud, you know, so many years after she died? I don't know about that. Uh, but in terms of using the song, especially as the official song and something as a big capacity as a, um, the Yan- Yankee Stadium or mm-hmm. in a sports venue, it's probably better that you change it. But, you know. You potato, know what, potato. You know what would be even better if we all did during the seventh inning stretch? What? Eight night owl cookies. Well. <laughs> Just pass them out to everybody. Just be like, here you go, have a cookie. Those things are so good. They're gigantic. They're like the size of your head. Why aren't they selling these in Marlin Stadium, Marlin Park? Well, that's something that we need to ask Andrew next that's, time. That's yes, we're, we're gonna we're gonna put that on our, our to do list of to ask. Going yo only on Pedro. Let me tell you, do we talk about slavery and cookies, and then co- go into cookies? Go into cookies. See, that's why we're so well rounded, people. If it does, uh, and if we, I, uh, I think that this is this is even broader yes, than when we then, talked about Black Lives Matter and then Christina. Then, yeah, because now we're talking about slavery, slavery you know? and cookies, the, the horribleness of slavery, and now you know the delicious, yummy, deliciousness yummy of cookies, cookies that make you feel good, and they are yummy again. Um, um, so if you live in South Florida, you've probably had his cookies. And if you haven't had Night Owl cookies, you absolutely should. They're expanding into Broward. And they're also delivering now. So there's really no excuse. If you don't even live here, you can still have them ordered. And I don't know. It was very interesting when we chatted with Andrew. Because at this point, we you know, we, we touch on it in the interview. We've interacted with him at a couple of events and, and things like that. But we didn't really know his story, you know, uh, in terms of... You think you know, you have but you have no idea. idea. This is the diary of Andrew Gonzalez. <laughs> wow, whoever got that reference. And on that note, here is our interview with <laughs> here's the Andrew, Andrew. Here's Gonzalez. the diary of Andrew Gonzalez. <laughs> and welcome back, listeners. As promised, we are here with the founder of Miami's premier cookie shop, Night Owl Cookies, Andrew Gonzalez. Hey, so, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Thank, thank you for joining us. Tell you. Thank you. Our waistlines, thank you. Yes, or <laughs> they don't. I don't know yet. But actually, it's funny because we've, at this point, I think every time that Andrew's around, we are eating. That's true. I You're, love it, though. It's not a bad problem. I, oh, I no. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a problem. I'm just making an observation. You know, we did, we judged the, uh, the best sandwich in what best sandwich in Miami? Uh, the gay, yes, gay yes. festival. We were at Burger Beast Book Lunch at the Shake Shack. We, I don't know, uh, hamburger we, house party. Hamburger house party. Now that you're right, now it's uh, now looking back, it's always around food. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of upset there's no burgers or anything around us right now, nor are there cookies. But I'm probably to blame. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's probably just because your fridge broke. Uh, yeah, you know, so we're, thanks we're, for calling me out. There. We're gonna blame okay. it. We're gonna blame it on that. That's yeah, we're, why we're That's here why. sipping on room temperature water. I offered some room temperature <laughs> vodka as well, but it is what it is. <laughs> but you have a great view here, actually, yeah. of, of Coral Gables. So, <laughs> yeah. very nice. so that offsets everything. Uh, so thank you again for joining us. Now, for those who may not know, I mean, you are you were one of Forbes uh, thirty under thirty. Uh, I don't know what Forbes is. Sorry, a couple years know. ago. <laughs> It's this little publication. Tiny publication. It's a pamphlet, really, almost. Basically. Uh, A little circular, if you will. Might have seen it. I'm not sure. Might have. Maybe you've heard of it. I don't know. They named you, though, as one of the 30 under 30. (laughs) Yeah, very Um, honored for that. And so tell us a little bit about, you know, I mean, you've got this business, you know, it's it's cookies. And it's funny because most people would say, like, well, he's got a cookie shop. And how does that translate into 30 under 30 by one of the biggest 
business that's magazines my favorite. In, in whenever the US. I tell somebody to have a cookie shop it's like oh cool you just had this small little co- oh that's so cute good for you tell us how your story is very very interesting tell us how you started you Thanks. Know, from um, your beginnings I think that's really what really makes uh, makes me stand out um, I started when I was 20 I was in college I had this crazy idea while traveling that um I wanted to bake cookies and set it to 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, there was nothing like that in Miami. Other cities had it. But let's be real. We're Miami. We like partying. We have so many big universities here. How do we not have that? Thank you. This is my biggest complaint. I can never find cake at 3 in the morning. And there was, there, yeah, there was <laughs> I'm serious. That's because nobody likes cake. It's all about cookies. Let's be real. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Um, so I decided, you know what? I could do this. I had never baked before. Um, so I started, I learned, it took me about three months, I'm um, just literally trial and error, I burnt a lot of cookies, a lot of them just went to waste, but I came up with a recipe that I really did love. Um, this is again, back when I was 20, I was still in school, I was still um, working full-time as well. And What were you doing full-time? So I was, um, I was going to school for business and then working at a photography studio, editing photos full time. Okay, so again, nothing no, at all to do with yeah, food no. industry at all. Nothing whatsoever. Not even at a McDonald's. Like no, nothing. No, okay. no. I loved going to McDonald's, but I wasn't yeah. working there. Because that's open at three in the morning. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, I told my parents, hey guys, this is what I want to do. Of course, they thought I was effing crazy. Um, you can curse, by the side. way, if you want. Perfect, because I yeah. love fucking cursing. There awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so I told mom and dad, hey, I'm dropping out of school. I'm quitting my job full time. I'm going to start baking cookies out of your kitchen. And of the horse <laughs> swept in. <laughs> and as any good Cuban parents, their reaction was? Um, uh, you go, you're going to get kicked out of the fucking house. It was crazy. <laughs> So um, they were a little more. They were kind of understanding. Not gonna lie, they let me do it for a bit. They still thought I was crazy for quitting and dropping out of everything, but I, I went for it. Um, and surprisingly, it started taking off little by little. Um, a lot of people don't know that my first order actually came from California. It was this lady that she was ordering for her daughter. Um, her name was Erin, and Erin was having a baby. So she wanted to send cookies to her daughter, and I said, you know what? Cool, first order, I got this. I went out of my way, I went, bought some milk for it, I bought some balloons, made it look really cute, and went to Erin's house, dropped off the cookies, everything was fine, went back home. Later that night, I remember, this is like before Instagram really took off, she posted on Facebook, and Turns out, Erin is actually one of the executive producers for Universal Studios, and her sorority <laughs> sisters were all executive producers for big news stations. So one of them worked at um, Channel 7 and was the executive producer for Deco Drive. Okay. So that first order actually got us, landed us Deco Drive. Oh, um, oh wow. Surprisingly enough. So talk about luck. Yeah. I know. Um, it, it was, it was now, a roller coaster. Oh, God. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that was quite some time ago. That was back in 2009 to 2010. So that was quite some time ago. It was 2021. Um, I wasn't prepared for anything like that. Um, if I learned anything in school, it was the number one reason a business fails is because they couldn't reach demand. And I never understood that until we aired Deco Drive within my first couple of weeks. Um, uh, once it aired, we just cutting, kept on getting new, like just non. My phone was off the hook nonstop. Um, I couldn't do it. I was having breakdowns. Because so. at that point, it was a strictly a phone call service. This is just phone calls no... and Instagram. Like okay. this is nothing big out of my parents' kitchen. Um, one man show. And I just had a breakdown. I couldn't do it. It lasted maybe two weeks, and I had to close up shop. Um, I closed up for the entire summer, and I thought to myself, okay, well, if I'm going to do this. I'm going to come back. I need to make sure I'm doing it right. So I reorganized everything. I came up with everything from scratch again, and I really did sit down and make sure it was going to be perfected this time. So um, fall semester came around. We opened up for business, and 
it wasn't as crazy after Deco Drive. I mean, it, we had orders off the bat, but it wasn't nonstop off the hook. And I'm kind of, I kind of am appreciative for that just because it, ga- it gave me, it helped me stand up on my two feet again and made me really mm-hmm. get, get my stuff together. So yeah. one of the things that you just said that really surprised me, um, and I think it would surprise a lot of people, yeah. is that the fact that, you know, your product is so good, but that you didn't have a baking background. Because I feel a lot of times these people that open up or right. a cupcake shop or whatever type of bake shop, you know, they've been baking since they could walk. So, I mean, how did you figure this out? Because, I mean, anybody can make a cookie, but how did you figure out this, like, night owl cookie, you know, recipe? So something I've learned along the way, no matter what industry you're in, whether it's food, photography, whatever it may be, was the people that really stood out are the people that really, that broke the rules and did something different, which is what I set out for Night Out. I didn't want to be just a regular cookie shop. I did things that reminded me of my childhood, things that I grew, grew up on, whether it was guava, queso crema, gaitica maria, fruity pebbles, cinnamon, toast crunch, things that really resonated with how I grew up that I knew my generation was going to appreciate and really like. And nobody had that here in Miami. So, I mean, it really did help. Help us stand stand out. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and you've had incredible success since then. I mean, you've you know you, you've at this point you've hosted several events. You're a fixture in I mean, South South Beach Food and Wine. I mean, you're kind of the go to you know dessert person. I mean, how. How do you kind of like see that in, in your like the grand scope of things? And I swear there's a question in here somewhere. Like you know, you, you dropped out of college and now you're 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 like okay, this is working. Like well, to think to answer your question, I think I'm gonna be answering it. Is I really don't see it that way. It's such a small thing right now. Like it, it's I have a big vision for it, and we're nowhere near. We're just starting off. We. My first store had to close down because I had no parking. Um, it I was yes. it was a tiny hole in the wall. Again, I was twenty um, when I opened up that store. I was twenty two. I signed my lease with fifteen thousand dollars to my name. It was a scuba shop, and I thought to myself, <laughs> I could do permitting. I could do a build out with fifteen thousand dollars. Imagine I was a stupid kid just dropped out of college, thinking fifteen grand was gonna make me fucking this whole cookie shop, and it didn't, clearly. It took me two years to save up $100,000 to actually finish the build-out that I started. They're the one in front of FIU? Um, 107th and Coraway. Um, It took me about two years to actually build that from the point of signing that lease. I was paying uh, monthly rents without anything. Um, I couldn't qualify for a loan. I couldn't qualify for anything. Just being that age, I had no equity, no capital. I had nothing to my name. So I had to save up every single penny. Um, it wasn't easy. I wanted to give up so many times, but I mean, I, I had sucked it up and I did it. And so during that time, you were still doing your regular order, like that you were cooking at, making at home. Correct. That's that's how I was making my money. That's how I was saving up every penny. While all my friends were going out at that time, clubbing. Imagine everyone's turning twenty-one. Oof. They're all going out. They're drinking, having fun. Here I am, a twenty-one-year-old, baking cookies. So two, three o'clock in the morning, every single night. Look at everyone's Instagram. Super like major Total FOMO. FOMO. Yeah. Major FOMO. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was hard for me. It was not easy. That's really interesting that, that I don't think a lot of people stop and realize, like when they see something that's established, they think, oh, they don't think so much of, of, yeah, of like the sweat and tears, I guess, if you will, that you had to go through, especially in those early days. We have seen so many comments, so many DMs, people think that it came from money or that like, I, I had this investor come and give me all this cash. And no, that's not the case. I literally worked from the bottom, like literally from the bottom of my parents' house and just have to save up every penny. And there's so many incredible stories I have worked in my parents' house. I had a total of like seven employees, seven delivery guys out of this small kitchen here in Westchester, um, and we were hitting three, four-hour waits every single night. 
Um, it was crazy. And then it got to this point that I asked my parents, hey, guys, like we had this one oven. I could only bake 15 <laughs> cookies every 15. Sorry, it was 12 cookies every 15 minutes. And I was like, hey, is, like, is there any way I could add an extra oven in like the living room? Um, uh, <laughs> so here well, you should ask for la sala, like, which they probably weren't using anyway. It's all decorative. So uh, <laughs> they they thought I was fucking crazy. They're like, you know what? Go for it. So I had this electrician come and wire up this like random oven in in the living room, so I could double my productivity. Um, and we were doing it. We were at that point. We were just it was this crazy show at my parents' house, and. Uh, I'm never going to forget this. It was the night before South Beach Wine Food Festival. And it was the first year we did it. We were the thank you presents for everybody. And I had my kitchen on 107th and Coraway ready to go. My only problem was at the time, I guess I had so much going on that I wasn't able to actually calibrate the ovens, get everything ready in that location. So we were still working at my parents' house. And the night before the festival, I was taking a shower. And I remember I was getting out. And all of the, I hear this giant bang. And everyone's just yelling and running out of my parents' house. And... Oh, no. uh, <laughs> literally I see everybody running out my little brother they're screaming and I go to the to the kitchen and one of the ovens is on fire um, I guess it was, it was used so many years so many imagine how many batches of dough had to go through that um, that the little corn on the bottom blew up and literally just on fire um so I get I had to get the fire extinguisher, whole nine yards. Um, we had to go that night to the to the new location and figure shit out because we had to bake thousands of cookies for the yeah. festival, and the night before TikTok. Yeah, it was it was it was crazy. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, and good stories. I have That's great insane. stories. I mean, <laughs> stories like, for days. The the thing that strikes me the most about about as we see her talking to you is just your determination and your and your perseverance i mean where where do you think that comes from i mean because one of the things that we talk about here a lot is i mean as you know growing up as kids of parents who came from another country and things like that and i don't necessarily know your backstory but you know we always find that we feel like our people with our similar backstories kind of just persevere and keep moving forward because that's just what you did you know what i mean that wasn't that was something that was just kind of instilled. You're watching as like a tear up. I am cause. watching you tear up. And for a second there, I was like, oh, oh no, no, what's happening? No, because it really is like what you said. Um, my grandparents literally left everything back in Cuba, came over here for a better life for their families. And I wanted to work my ass off to make sure like it wasn't just in vain. Like, you did this for me. I'm going to work my ass off to make you guys happy. Yeah, it's a sacrifice. Oh, God, I'm going to start right now, too. Sorry. Not, wow. I didn't let's think, a, let's think about, wow. let's think about cookies. Cookies. Cookies make I, you happy. I didn't mean for that question to go wow, out. You got me super mean, emotional real quick. I've got a Barbara Walters <laughs> moment here. I'm good now. I'm good. Yeah, just it's been an emotional week. It's been crazy, but um, yeah. Oh God, <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> no, that makes for good audio. <laughs> Don't apologize. So, you know, one of the things I remember the first, the very first time I heard about Night Owl mm-hmm. was about the delivery. Yes. Um, oh, you that know, was you the could, novelty you could, of you could, it. You could yeah, get the cookies delivered late at night. You know, so I mean, I know you said that you you. There wasn't any type of delivery service. Did you get any type of pushback from your initial concept of like the late night delivery? Again, because it's something that hadn't really been done. This was like pre-Postmates, right? This was right? pre-Uber Eats, pre-Postmates, and I think that's what really helped me. Um, nowadays, anybody can literally just open up anything. They have these couriers that are ready to go and literally a dime. Um, Uber Eats and Postmates has made it really easy to do that. Back then, I literally had to do this all myself as a one-man show. I would take the phone calls, make the cookies per- to order, yeah. get in my car and do the deliveries. Um, another quick story that most people don't know is the reason I expanded was because I was making a delivery and uh, somebody told somebody crashed into me and totaled my car. So oh, I was... Shit. 
again, a one-man show. I was making all these deliveries myself. I had to literally put it on pause for two days and try to figure something out. I couldn't make any more deliveries. My business was on pause. And that made me actually get my first driver. It was my neighbor. It was right after um, he graduated. This is in the summer. So he was going to be starting college. I needed help, I mean, finding a job and making that money. So I said, you know what? Here, come. You can make deliveries for me. It's at night. Go to school during the day. At nighttime, come work for me. Um, It worked out. So... There was always that thing, in order to make money, you got to spend it, and I never really understood that. Once I brought somebody on board and I brought an employee up to make the deliveries, and I was actually able to focus on the customer service and the, and the quality control, orders started going out faster, people were happier. Within two weeks, I had a second driver. Within three weeks, a third. Wow. Um, by the end of two months after that, we had a total of like seven delivery guys working nonstop. Um, it was one of those things that I was really scared to pull the trigger, kind of like the moving to the other location, even even though it was ready. Um, sometimes you get scared, but you just got to do it. Yeah. Do you feel that like your product, especially at the you know in those early stages, was a word of mouth, just like people getting obviously a great product, but hey, you know, at Have two a.m. somebody, knocked, in the morning? somebody yeah. knocked on my door and they brought you know a bunch of cookies. So I think because nothing like that ever existed in Miami, it definitely was a lot of word of mouth. Instagram again started blowing up right around this time. We had started um, our Instagram account was one of the first business Instagram accounts, mm-hmm. and people were tagging the cookies. This is before like food porn and before. Instagram stories. So people right. were literally, you got this box, super hot. I made sure that the cookies were super Instagrammable as well. You'd open it up, you'd take a quick photo, post it, and people were looking at it. They were ordering. It was it was insane. Word of mouth and Instagram really helped our business flourish. Yeah, I feel, you know, and for those of you who, um, I don't know who out there has not, for those of you who have not gone to Night Owl Cookies Instagram, I mean, your pictures are quite amazing. They are mouth-watering, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, just the quality of it, it's like, Jesus Christ. I could like, taste the, the damn Kit Kat the other day. <laughs> I love it. I love I, it. I, 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 and I'm also just a fat ass, but... My Instagram is my baby. I started that when I was um, 20 again. Um, I no longer run it anymore, but it's going to be in my hands again in about four weeks. I have a new... It's going to be look very, very different in a couple weeks. Getting a completely new rebranding. Um, you're not going to recognize that very, very soon. Okay, you're rebranding. So tell us a little bit. I mean, that's kind of like you're rebranding something that's so successful. Yeah. Give Which, us a little bit of insight on that. That was one of the hardest things for me. If you guys ever went to the first store, then you remember Chip the Owl, that blue little guy with the little circular oh, yeah, logo. Yeah, yeah. Um, I made that myself on Photoshop. Um, I didn't hire a team to do that. This is literally, it was like a... Like a kindergartner did it, kind of. It's it was, cute. Don't it sell was yourself. cute, and I still have those shirts. I call them my vintage night out shirts. Um, and then I thought to myself, well, it's kind of the time to to bring it to bring Chip the Owl to the 21st century. <laughs> so he got a completely different look. He looks a lot more modern. You can't recognize him. I mean, I think it made. It made for the better. Um, our boxes as well. We, we now have branded boxes that I love. My millennial pink boxes with the gold and my blue and Is my purple. Is that a real shade? Millennial pink? I call it night out pink. Oh, okay. Um, I, <laughs> millennial pink, I'm pretty sure it's trademarked. Whatever, Museum of Ice Cream. But um, uh, yeah, night out <laughs> pink is what I call it. All right. Yes. Okay, very simple and rudimentary question. Where did you get night owl from? I mean, obviously, we know the term night owl, but was it as simple as that, you know? So at the time, again, I was going to school full-time. I was working full-time. The only time I had to bake my cookies was at night from 6 p.m. to 2, 4 o'clock in the morning. So I was a night owl back then. So it just really stuck to me. I mean, because some, some, you, you it look just, at it now and you take it for granted. Yeah. Like, oh, duh, night owl cookies. But What else are you going to call but it? But sometimes, right. you know, those simplest ideas sometimes are like the hardest to get. So let's talk a little bit about like, the actual product, the actual cookie. What were like your original flavors? 
Original flavors. It was the chocolate chip, the Oreo, the birthday. Sorry, the chocolate chip, the Oreo, the birthday cake. Um, I had a lot of the cereals back then. Um, I think the one of the last ones to actually be added to the permanent menu was the Ave Maria, the guava yeah. queso crema mm, gallega so Maria. Um, that one's super popular. It won us a couple of awards, but it, it wasn't. It wasn't originally on the menu. It was something we added afterwards. Oh, uh, yeah, the, I, I always assumed that it was one of the, the beginning. No, no, it definitely was. It was added over maybe two or three years after we opened up. Oh, wow. So yeah. what do you look at now in terms of adding like new flavors and stuff? Because, I mean, really, the sky's the limit. What inspires you? What, what do you say, okay, hmm, I think this is going to be my next flavor or... So I like literally Googling things from the 90s and just literally going on Pinterest and seeing maybe things I that I forget he, about. He says the 90s like if it was, you know, the 40s. Well, I mean, Our childhood <laughs> is ancient history to him. You realize Whatever. this. That's my childhood. Things that literally remind me of like with every bite just takes me back in time to when I was growing up. Um, things that you kind of forget about. Things I'd love to include in cookies would be like Gushers, fruit roll-ups. Um, things that normally don't go with a cookie I'd love to make. Is there going to be then like um, a Crystal Pepsi cookie? So Pepsi. I think no, that's that even before my well. time. No, that didn't end well. So no, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, yeah, there's a couple of different flavors that we're going to be adding. Um, yeah, it's just, and aside from actually Googling stuff, I love going to, to little supermarkets and little delis and walking around and seeing what they have in their aisles and seeing what can I, what can I mix up and, and yeah, go from there. You never know what you can mix up. Listen, if you ever need like... Um, People to like try these new taste testers. Out, taste testers. Yes, we're totally for it. About, <laughs> we're, and you know we can eat because we've been with you to yeah, several food yeah. events. So you know. like when I see you like on the Food Network, the people that are like taste testers for like Ben and Jerry's, I'm like, how do you where do I sign job? up? Where like, do I sign do up? Do I want to be either that or the guy who names the Crayola crayons. I love it. That's fun. Um, That's about, right. About three years ago, I would actually do um, take a stoner to work day. So <laughs> I would literally I would get a friend or a family member and I'd get them super high and. And then I'd take them to like a grocery store and like let them wander through the aisles and see what they came up with just like out of their minds and then go back to the kitchen and seeing how it tastes and how it came together. Um, Whatever came of those experiences? So we had a couple. One of them was definitely the couch potato. It had potato chips due to the leche. Um, it was on point. I loved it. It didn't really sell very much. It wasn't one of the popular ones, although it was my personal favorite. It is going to be coming back. It comes back once a year um, on random months. But yeah, it was. It's, that's one of the take take your take a student to work day. It's, it's not a staple By the of way, your four twenty box. We commend you for the four twenty box for yeah. the change you did at the end, changing from the previous chicken strip to the Publix chicken strip. Love Just it. because Publix is amazing and their chicken strips are yeah. great, and it kind of makes it. Publix local. is one of God's gifts to humanity. I'm kind of upset that I didn't think of it any sooner, but I'm I'm definitely glad that I did change it up. I mean, I think that people really do, did appreciate it. People were happy about it. And I just want to make people happy. Yeah. Yeah, and Publix is such a... Um, I mean, I know Publix is not only in Miami, but it's such a like it's, it, a Florida. Miami thing, and yeah. the chicken strips are so popular. But again, though. I even got backlash for that, too. Um, oh, cause but why? Because <laughs> oh, uh, they, <laughs> they donate against and the anti-marijuana um, campaigns and things like that. I thought, okay, so, wait, did they well, you know what? You can't make... Wait. They donate to anti-marijuana. This was a 420. This is a 420. It's like, okay. Well, I, it's kind of great. <laughs> kind of great, yeah. You're not going to go to Hialeah and, like, you know, de huasar un pollo and then, you know, make it yourself. You know what, Andrew? You can't make everybody happy. Correct. You know? Have them eat your cookie. They'll be a, a lot sweeter. You after can't be that. unhappy if you have a night owl cookie. It's just, like, scientifically know, right? impossible. I'm so pissed off. Let me have this cookie. Oh. <laughs> Love it. So... I know you said that the um, the, the the stoner the was it the couch potato mm-hmm. was your personal favorite. Yes. What is actually your best selling cookie, and what is your favorite of the ones that are currently on the menu? 
It changes every month, but it's always like tied. It's it's uh, Ave Maria and the sorry Ave, Oreo, Ave Maria, and the birthday cake. Those three are top sellers, no matter what. Um, they literally they fight for the top spot. Really, your your chocolate chip doesn't. It's like up there too. It's number three, number four. Ever since we made the change the to the toppings, it climbed up there because back then it was pretty low. Um, I'm yeah. a little bit of a basic bitch when it comes down to that you because are. like like for example donuts like. I go to whatever donut shop. I'll always have a glazed donut because to me that's like the standard. Really? Know? I always like to try the basic. I like one venturing then, out. I like no. trying the the things that you don't normally like. He'll, no, ha- he'll I- have the glazed donut, the vanilla ice cream, you know, the no, sugar don't cookie. Don't make me sound that uninteresting. <laughs> no, but like I, I think like okay, like I love your chocolate chip. It's like okay, if you can make an awesome right. chocolate chip cookie, which you do, okay, the rest is like icing on the cake. Right. You know? it, it's like if you can master the basics, yeah. then the rest should be at par or higher. Oh, that makes me so basic. <laughs> In a good way? Anyway, so I know you got a lot of um, plans coming up. Can you share some of those um, you know, plans with Yes, yeah, so we have a company stores opening up. We have our Winwood location opening up in a couple, um, I want to say a week, so it's going to be a couple months. Um, it's going to be opening off of Northwest 2nd Ave and 25th Street, right in front of Winwood Walls. Nice. Um, oh. It's next to the burger Perfect. place? Um, it's next to, um, next to Paleta Morea. It's a standalone ah, building. It's see, massive. See. It's actually... It's the size of the FIU store, but it also has another 1,800 square feet patio in the back um, that may or may not be a bar. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I feel like that was a horrible it's, hint he just gave us. It's gorgeous. I can't wait to show it off. It's my baby, and it's gorgeous. It's awesome. Yes. Nice. And you just started, to, if I'm not mistaken, you're like shipping nationwide now? Yeah, so we do um, We do nas- sorry, national shipping. We launched it. It was March 1st. At this point, we're almost at all 50 states. We've done... Several hundred orders already. It's only been a month, and we haven't been pushing it until the commissary opens that it's going to be shipping out of. Um, right now, our FIU yeah. store is doing the national shipping, and we're so tight over there that we can't do any promotions just because, I mean, right. it's, it's a shit show. So um, once the commissary opens up for, that national, for the national center, then, I mean, I can't wait to go full speed on board on that. Yeah. Well, I hate to break it to you because we do have national listeners, so you may still be getting some uh, Well, some don't worry. If through. you guys want to order, I'd love to. I'll, be, I'll package those myself for you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I can't wait to really... It's, it's going to be insane. That Winwood store. Oh, I can't wait to check that out. Yeah, because it's not bad enough that I go there and I already roll. Now he's going to add cookies. <laughs> so we started delivering in Winwood already. We delivered to Winwood, South Beach, Brickell, North Miami. At this point, we kind of deliver all across South Florida on Postmates exclusively. Um, the Winwood location is just a pop-up um, delivery spot. It opens at 6 p.m. till 2 o'clock in the morning until the brick and mortar opens up in a couple months. Just curious, at least in the like Miami area, is there a spot that <laughs> orders the most after a certain time? Who has the biggest stoners is what he's asking. <laughs> I honestly haven't or fatties. Checked. Or fatties, yeah, pick one. <laughs> I haven't checked to be honest with you, but last time I did, it was in the Sweetwater area. Really? Yeah, surprisingly FIU. enough. I, yeah, I'm assuming it's all the sense. FIU students there by the dorms. Or... But I think there's also something to be said about that's kind of your, your home base. Well, you'd you be know, surprised, though. If you go, you, I've always thought there was going to be a lot of FIU students. We have such a mix. We get a lot of high schoolers, a lot of um, college students as well. But there's a lot of parents, like families that do go, even at night. I've been, and people are taking their kids at night. Like, I'm not judging them. Like, you do you. I'd probably be that dad that takes your kids at, like, one in the morning. Not on a school <laughs> night, whatever. But, like, on a Saturday, I would. Um, it's a fun environment. We try to make it fun, have a good time. Music's always blasting. Super pink, super instrumental. It's just a place that I want people to go and just forget your worries. As soon as you walk in, you have a great time. Who doesn't like a fucking cookie, especially at that, that late at night? Yeah, that's true. And if you don't? 
There's something wrong with you. Yeah, like seriously, you've got issues and I can't So, So I'm curious, you know, now that, I mean, this operation has grown so much and it's so, you know, running a business is so multi-layered. You know, the kid who started off baking at his parents' house. Burning the house down almost. Burning the house down almost (laughs) and making these cookies. How do you manage it now? Are you more now in the business side of it? Are you more still in the kitchen? Um, How do you manage now this multi-layered operation so we have an incredible team, honestly. I'm lucky and fortunate enough. We have about a team of 30 people. Um, and then, yeah, they're just baking and they're taking care of our customers nonstop. We literally have somebody at Night Owl 23 hours a day. There's only one hour that there's not somebody at that shop. Um, so we brought, I brought on board uh, my, my business partner about two years ago. He was one of the founders of Bean Show Factory. Oh, okay. um, so okay. he's in charge of the operations at this point. He is incredible. He has really helped me out tremendously. And what I do is more of the creative, the marketing. The I'm still constantly in the kitchen coming up with new recipes and a lot of the PR as well. That's honestly what I really do enjoy doing. So you're the soul of the company. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, because I feel that sometimes, like, like him, you know, you started off with the actual product and cooking. You know, maybe the business side of it yeah, is at not some your point, forte. No, you, at some point, you, you just don't care do so to much. do it. Right. I mean, so it's like, how do you... So I have this vision. And I just need someone to help me get my vision and make it actually reality. So what's the vision? So what's my vision? Um, I always thought I wanted, like, the Starbucks of desserts. But to be honest with you, I don't want to be around every corner. I want maybe two in every major city. I want one for the locals, one for the tourists. Um, In Miami, the touristy one would be the the Wynwood. The the locals would be FIU. Um, Eventually, after Broward opens up um, at December of this year, we want to go to Orlando. Oh, Um, great spot. Yes, we're already scouting locations over there. And it's just the same concept, one for the locals, one for the the tourists. I kind of want to be... I want it to be an experience, and I want it to be like the Disney of desserts at this point, where you don't have to have so many of them. It's just quantity over quality. Sorry, quality over quantity. <laughs> almost, almost messed that one up. Um, yeah, so I just really want I want to create an environment where people do genuinely enjoy going, taking their, fam- their family, taking their friends, enjoying the cookies, just forget everything as soon as they walk in, and just I want to I want to make an experience out of it. One that literally gets people talking. Do you ever see yourself expanding the menu, you know, further than cookies, or are you going to just stick always? So we actually we do have an unconventional menu coming up that's so invo- and incorporates our cookies and our dough. We have a donut coming out that's stuff of cookie dough. We have a couple oh, different things, <laughs> but the core of all every item that we're adding to the menu has to do with cookies. We're not out cookies, so I mean everything we're adding on the, all these new flavors, it's going to be incorporated with the, either cookie dough or an actual cookie. Aside from that, though, I do have other concepts that I personally am doing that isn't actual cookies. I actually have... I'm going to be announcing it really soon, but it's it's in the savory side of things. Mm. Yes. Yum. <laughs> wow. That's quite a story. I mean, I'm... It's, I mean, it's very... It's very impressive what you've done because... Inspiring. It, it is because, yeah. I mean, really the saying you came from nothing and built something. I mean, again, as I asked earlier... I feel that a lot of times people that open up like things with uh, bake, anything with baking were people that were baking since they were kids mm-hmm. and you know maybe their parents baked and I mean you just said today I'm going to start making cookies and you yeah. went at it until you perfected it. Yeah, I mean, but, but really... even more impressive than that because anybody could, could quote unquote anybody could do that, right? And a lot of people do it, but you said no no no, I'm going to see this through and you took the time to stop and you know, recalibrate and readjust and okay, what needs to be done and how can I, you know, figure this out? And you came to a lot of realizations that I think people in their forties don't come to. Yeah. And you were twenty two. Yeah. 
you know, and, and that to me speaks a lot about just what's kind of going on in your head as far as your determination and your, and your ambition. And I, I just, I, I salute and congratulate you, sir. I appreciate that. I, I really did work my ass off towards this. And there's a lot of people, a lot of people DM me, they, they leave me messages, like ways to motivate them. And it's literally anybody could, anybody could do whatever the fuck they want. You just can't give up. Do not give up and just go after your dreams. I am no different than anyone else. I bleed, I cry, I laugh. Literally, just go out there and do it. You if I could do it, anybody... Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> literally. Um, if I could do it, literally anybody else can. So stop making excuses. Get your ass off the couch and do something about it. There's nothing worse than somebody who comes up with a bunch of excuses. We all have them, but I mean, get up and do something about it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Bueno, thank you so much for being on, yes. pero let me tell thank you, you. Thank that's you so why much. we wanted you so much to be on the show, because you're the embodiment of like the type of people we like to profile yeah. on our episodes. So. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. No, and we look forward to eating more of your cookies and whatever other food is at the next event that we're all together at. <laughs> Love and it. cold beverages. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> cold beverages for sure. Love it. Thank you, guys. Right, thank you, Andrew. Take care. And we're back. I wish I could say we were back eating cookies, but we're not. But we will be soon because, damn it, now I'm jonesing for them. I know. Andrew, Mira, you have to send us cookies. All the other food people that we've interviewed have... <laughs> uh, Chef Hales... Well, and that's I n- ate... But, okay, but but he, he I ate I don't know how much food that day. And then there's Creamy Creations. God bless Monica and the flan. <laughs> Monica and the flan. And the flan. <laughs> No, but he was no. We, um, as you we heard keyed, in the we interview, keyed. we um, he, he was dealing with other circumstances <laughs> at that moment. So yeah, no, just the it. fact that he was able to squeeze time for us too. Yeah, you want to talk about somebody who's really busy? I mean, that boy does not stop. He like doesn't. he he gives Martha of Miami a run for her money in terms Don't of busyness. Don't stop. I was listening to that. Not from going, keep, keep the rhythm, rhythm going. Go. You can find the way. That's Don't such a good song. That's a fantastic album. I almost bought that album the other day at that record store I was telling you about. That on vinyl? They had the blue vinyl. Oh, nice. Yeah, but I just I wasn't in the mood to spend 40 bucks. Oh, because it was blue vinyl. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Gloria. <laughs> you know what questions you ask when you buy vinyl? Serious. You know what? Because you know I collect vinyl now. You have to ask, is it 180 grams? I feel like that's also what you ask a man in a dark alley behind a bottle. <laughs> no. no, because 180 gram vinyl is more higher quality and it's thicker. And it's day and night how the, the difference really? in the quality and sound. All the old vinyl records that I had mm-hmm. uh, from the 80s, mm-hmm. they're all 180 gram vinyl and they sound pristine. Because Are the reissues not 180? N- not all of them. Okay. So that's why when you find a vinyl record, let's say you look up now Madonna like a virgin. Mm-hmm. Uh, virgin <laughs> virgin um uh, on vinyl and you see it's like 10 bucks that's not 180 gram oh okay okay it's it, they're a little bit more pricey uh, probably like 20 30 dollars but whatever okay. so that's your vinyl lesson of the day so many lessons today everyone uh so you thirsty yep i am thirsty Tengo tremenda, sí. Ay, me too Tengo Dale. La... voy primero yeah all right, my last soda, I'm going to give it to somebody who we mentioned in passing earlier in the podcast. I'm going to give it to Miss Paula Abdul. Vibology! Honey horns! <laughs> I have always loved Paula Abdul. Bound. Oh my God, I love it. Mm-hmm. If you're in the play. No, if I'm the play. I want you in every act. I want you in every act. Every act. <laughs> um, the one I have is- to say that I, I remember... I remember when you know Paula Abdul was in your her prime. You loving her, I, she was like she was like my Mariah. She was like 
Mariah Carey to me. Well, yeah, to you. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, she's never been a great singer. I'm not going to sit here and, and say, but she's the epitome of, I think, of a performer. Mm-hmm. She is a dancer through and through. I, I admire, respect, love it. Um, I just think she's 56. They were tossing her around like a rag doll on mm-hmm. that. She choreographed the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now she's going to have a residency in Vegas. Vegas. So I know you and I are, you know, we're, well, a bunch of our friends are going to Vegas in June. I think we should go spend New Year's Eve with Paula. Oh. I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. Dale, let's sing. And all I want from you is what Wait. you are. And, and even, even if you're right, right next to me, you're still too far away. If I'm not inside your arms, I got dramatic, baby. Yes, I know. And I want you. I need you. Oh, man, I love you so. I think I know it's speed. <laughs> All by Rebel Without a Cause. Uh, our references. It's, you know, when you know, you know. When you know. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> the more you know. Um, <laughs> you know what's funny? Whoever, I think that people that w- listen to our podcast and get get all of our references. I would agree. It's a different experience than those who don't. Now, we still love the, the ones who don't. I would love to know what it's like to not get them, though. Because, you know, we got our no, references. No, it's kind of like when we listen to other other references that we don't get, we just move right right along. Yeah, or sometimes true. we don't even know that, what that they're saying. a reference. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, so we love you guys, too. But those of you who <laughs> get we, it, all the references. It's an Easter egg. It's an Easter egg. It's an, exactly. It's yes. an Easter egg. So, so Paula gets a... Uh, last soda? She No, she gets a Coke. She gets a Diet, <sighs> Diet Coke, Coke. Because of just her Just one Diet calorie. Coke. Yep. Diet Coke conversion. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so my last Coke of the Desert goes to this... Um, lady uh, who bakes cakes here in South Florida, and her Instagram page is all four the number four Maddie cakes. Okay, we just I I recently saw her on NBC. No, on our Instagram. Yeah, because I right, 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 right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, okay, I don't remember, but you have, but you handle our Instagram for a lot, a lot of like the follows and things yes. like that. So, so she, ha- it's a very sad, but kind of inspiring story she has a five-year-old daughter and you know when i saw this i mean we we see and hear about sick children all the time but i don't know at that moment it just caught me because you know i have a five-year-old you know it's one of those moments she had a five-year-old daughter and she was diagnosed with leukemia a form of leukemia and you know they interviewed her with her daughter and her daughter you know she doesn't have hair and um obviously she had to quit work to take care of her and Obviamente financial issues and all that. So she was a good baker, so she started making cakes. Oh, okay. And um and she, you know, she's selling the cakes and como te dije, her Instagram page is all for Maddie Cakes and And how do you spell Maddie? Um A D M A D D I E. Okay. All for Maddie Cakes. We'll put it on our Instagram. And she does a bunch of little cakes. But it you know, it was just one of those stories that warmed my heart. They did a a small little story on based out here? Yeah. They did a small little story on NBC six today or this week about her. And you know, it's just really sad, but they're very positive. They're trying to remain positive and you know, she's doing these cakes and she lets her daughter help her and you know i just thought it was kind of like a warming story absolutely uh, that you know in the midst of such you know tragedy or such a bad moment uh she kind of found a something to not only make a living off and 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 try, try to uh, support herself and 
pay her medical bills, but something she could do with her daughter. So because mm-hmm. the, the little girl helps her out. So you know, give 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 them a try or check out their Instagram page. Uh, follow them. Follow them. Follow them. Yeah, Absolutely. See, it, see, that's something you want to follow. Exactly. Because you're having an impact, a positive impact. Exactly. You know, rather than seeing somebody half naked, you know, you exactly. can see somebody half naked anywhere on the internet or at home. <laughs> I mean, remember what was the internet invented for? Porn, <laughs> as they would say. Trekkie in, uh, Monster was right. In Avenue in, uh, Q. Avenue Q. <laughs> but no, but I mean that's that's fantastic. And um, well, we'll definitely share her her information. And um, you know, you know what? I'm trying to think whose birthday is coming up. You know, we can order a cake for. Yeah, I, I the story really touched me. I mean, again, there's many stories like that. Uh, I mean, that we see on the news or we hear about it, but that one really touched me. Again, I have a five year old and. Uh, I mean, imagine getting being no, no, told no, that uh, that's something that you can't and, you know, and she's trying to do what she can. So, you know, selling the cakes and they look really good. So anyway, that our little podcast can help can out, help, absolutely. you know, spread the word or give light on people like that, that really needed, yeah. you know, Does she have a, website as, a website as well. I just followed the Instagram. Okay, but. no, no, because I, you know, I was in the in the the episode description. I was put the websites of the places yeah. that we talk about. So, so well, this was a full packed episode. Ooh, it was from let's see, Paul Abdul to <laughs> racism and slavery <laughs> to social media cookies, influencers, social media influencers, uh, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, uh, uh, Madonna, Medellin. You know, Paul Abdul. You know, Paul Abdul already said. Emilio and Gloria. Emilio and Gloria. You know, and we talked about racism and racism slavery. Racism and slavery, and the Reconstruction era. I mean... I mean, if you didn't find something you liked in this episode, I can't help you. No, I could not. I can't. I tried, but I couldn't. <laughs> so, as always, we hope you listen, laughed, and learned. And this was a listen, laugh, Damn and Damn right. The same way that our episode with the mamas, who we love, we love our primas, <laughs> was more the laugh. Yes, yes. Definitely listen and laugh. That was two Listen, laugh, and drink. Much like we got two-thirds of the mamas, yeah. we had two-thirds of the Can listen, laugh, and learn. We have all three of the mamas. Oh, my God. And we're working towards that, aren't we, for, for June sometime? <laughs> We have all three. <laughs> it's gonna be that's a that's a lot of three, estrogen. O- three over three. Yes. So we're gonna have to go on to the gym that day and like pump up our <laughs> testosterone to give them a run for their money. But anyway, we hope you listen, laugh, and learn. And as always, grab your patelito, your croqueta, and your hoopinha. And thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. That was episode sixty-one, people. All right, bye, mi gente. My goodies, my goodies, my goodies, not my. I got a sick reputation for handling bros. All I need is me a few seconds few more than this rap. Tell the lady bring my. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultrasoft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 